you're listening to the North Richland Hills Baptist Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to nrhbc.org. We're going to Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. There is a shift that is occurring in the passage up until now. What he's been addressing are those that lead the church, the staff, the pastor. So if I were you, knowing your pastor, I would reread this text to him every week in some way. He needs all the help he can get. Kentucky people, what are you going to do? So, but there's a shift coming now. In Ephesians 4, 15 to 16, he's not talking about the pastor, the evangelist, the teachers. Now what he's talking about are those of us sitting in the pews in the church. They need to understand the metaphor he's going to play out of, which is basically that you have a body of people called the church, right? You have Jesus at the front because he's going to make the statement that we're walking. Basically, if you look at uh, 4.15, listen to what he says. Speaking truth and love, let us increase unto him in all things, who is the head, Christ. So Christ is the head. He's up here leading what is basically a caravan of people. So there's a bunch of people, God's people, they're walking with, behind, and toward Jesus. Everything is about following him. Now, he's going to be very precise to us here. So I'm just warning you here. I grew up Baptist. That's all I know. I was Baptist nine months before my birth. That's all that I know is Southern Baptist. I was never Methodist, never Lutheran, never Episcopalian. Thank goodness. I was just <laughs> Baptist. So... But we need to understand this verse for exactly what it says to us. So I want you to take your Baptist blinders and chunk them, and let's just take a look at what the Scripture says. Now listen carefully. Literally, the Greek says, but truthing, being truthful in him, let us increase in all things. So we have this caravan. Now, we've got to bring truth inside this caravan to each other because... But the first problem we face is that not all of us are in the same place in this caravan. For example, uh, campus pastor at Crosser CFW, Jeremy Winters, he and his wife, Lauren, are pregnant. Now, they're excited about that. They're thrilled. So they're in the part of the caravan. They're thankful to God for this gift. They're excited. They might... You might, and so you're going to bring truth to them, but the kind of truth you're going to bring to them is, let's really thank God for this, which is where they are. So they're walking with Jesus and toward him eagerly, because this is a great blessing in their life. I'm in Colorado last week with compassion, and my wife calls me and told me that a young couple that I had married 10 years ago in fact, I talked to them on the phone last night. Ten years ago, just lost their nine-month-old child. So I'm doing the funeral Friday in Austin. Now, they're in the caravan. Matter of fact, when I talked to them yesterday, we talked about Christ. They're in the caravan, but they're not running eagerly anymore. They're stopped. They're at a dead still moment where they are crushed 
and grieving. So when I bring truth to them, it's a different truth than I bring necessarily to Jeremy and Lauren. I'm going to sit down with them and read them Romans 8 where it talks about the fact that the Holy Spirit prays for me when I don't know how to pray. And that good things, Romans 8, 31, come out of his prayer for me. So I'm going to walk them through passages to try to help them to step back up and move forward as best they can. And I'm going to run into people who are stepping away from Christ. They've been in the caravan, but something's happened, and now they've decided, I'm leaving. And so I'm going to bring truth to them. I want to speak to them one way and say, hey, hey, I'll probably give them John 10.10. Listen, man, Jesus wants to bless your life, but where you're walking and where you're going is going to absolutely cripple you. Don't go out there. So everybody's at a different place in this caravan, so we're going to bring different truth to them. But here's what we're going to do. He says, speaking the truth in love, bringing the truth. We're going to bring, now listen, this truth. Not Baptist truth. When I was a kid, and we lived all over the country, didn't matter what Baptist church I was in, when I was a kid, we didn't dare tell, because we had, back then we had, right, Sunday school, morning worship, Training union, Sunday night worship. We got to training and you felt the little cards that had the spaces. I did this and this. What you never told those people on Sunday night that you had played football on Sunday afternoon. Because that was, according to Baptist policy, a really bad sin. We're not going to bring Baptist truth to anybody in this caravan. We're going to bring... God's clarity of truth. And this really is a struggle for us. There's a Baptist university, I won't say which one it is. President one year stood up and said he didn't believe all the Bible was true. No outcry at all. They removed a BSU director and this was in an article published. They removed him for winning too many people to Christ. Matter of fact, I met him because it was at my daughter's school and I met him. And I asked him, I said, this is what I read. Is this true? And he said, absolutely, it was true. But then this school allowed <laughs> dancing and people went crazy over this Baptist school that was okay with the president questioning the word of God, that was okay with the removal of a man winning to meet the people of Christ, but went nuts over dancing. Let me be clear here so that we're all good. There's really nothing in here about dancing. (laughs) Somebody asked me one time, can Baptists dance? I said, well, Some can, some can't. So you've got to, you've got to live with some reality here. We've got to move away because when we're in this caravan, 
This truth will unify us together. Our truth will divide us all together. I've watched since COVID. I've talked, I don't know how many pastors who've called me. The big fight in their churches is not Bible versus non-Bible or dancing versus non-dancing. It's mask versus non-mask. nothing in here about COVID and masks. There's nothing in here about public schooling, private schooling, or homeschooling. Nothing in here. If you want to homeschool your kids, great. You want to put your kids in a private school, great. You think you'll leave your kids in a public school, great. But do not judge anybody else by what you think God wants you to do. If it's not in here. I've had people in my office before that have said to me, you know, Brother Chris, God's convicting me that TV's wrong and we've moved the TV out of our house. And they'll look at me like I'm going to agree with them, and I do. And I say, I'm glad God did that for you. I'm watching ESPN Sports Center. <laughs> so I don't really care. It's great that he did it for you, but do not put on my life something God put on your life that is not in here. So we're in the caravan now, okay? We're going to bring truth to each other wherever we are in our life, whatever need we have. We're going to bring truth to each other, but it's going to be this truth. Now, look at what he says. Being truthful in love, and we're going to do it in love. Now, let me share a couple things here. We're coming out of COVID. This little couple that I'm talking about that lost their nine-month-old, you can text them some encouragement. You can tweet them some encouragement. But I'm telling you, there's nothing better than you calling one of them sitting down at lunch with Sarah Phillip and saying, face to face, I just want you to know that I love you and let me pray for you and what can I do for you? There's a power in face to face that is lost in texts and Twitter and all the other social media. And I'm not here to beat up social media. I'm just telling you that when we're in this caravan and we're really speaking truth to each other, we've got to speak the truth to each other. It's interesting to me, in the first chapter of John, there's a little idiom in the Greek, prostantheon, which says, basically, that God the Father, we have one God and three persons, that God the Father and God the Son, inside the Trinity, are face to face. Now, if the Godhead communicates face to face, and we are in the image of that Godhead, then we don't make social media our basis of communication. We make face to face the basis of our communication. And that is particularly true. <clears throat> if I'm going to do it in love, I've got to do it in a way that the person that I'm talking to feels the love, not that I think I'm loving. <clears throat> so when someone's walking away from Christ, 
You have a responsibility. If you understand that, you know that, and you have a connection with them, then you have a responsibility to step up and rebuke them and reprove them. You do it in love, and you can't do it in love. Listen, you cannot rebuke somebody on Twitter or Facebook because they don't get the tone, they don't get the love. You've got to go to somebody face-to-face, sit down with them and say, hey, don't go here. It's going to kill you. I had a buddy... And Brian, struggling with alcohol, found out about it, went to lunch one day with some others, got him aside, and I said, I know what you're struggling with. I'm here for you. You need me. But I'm just telling you, you know, your dad struggled with it. And this is going to break you. Looked at me and said, man, I appreciate that. So we're going to speak the truth in love, but the only way we're really going to do it well and effectively and do it in love is if we do it face to face. Look at what he says. Speaking truth and love, let us increase unto him in all things. Now listen to me. I'm sorry. Listen to scripture. The purpose of us speaking truth and love is to keep people focused on Jesus, not to show off how much you think you know because you've been to a Bethmore Bible study. This is embarrassing for me to admit, but when I was first called to preach, there were a couple of the guys called to preach out of my youth group, one of them David Frazier, and David and I somehow got into this horribly competitive preaching mode. Now, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but so he would, we would, we were going to different colleges, and once in a while, we'd be back in Louisiana on a weekend, and he'd say to me, hey, I preached last week, four people got saved. Well, I didn't have four people that got saved, but I was going to a Baptist school, and I'd had one semester of Greek, so I knew everything there was to know about the Bible. So we'd be in Sunday school, and he'd say something. I'd wait for him to say something that was a little bit off, and I would pounce with some Bible truth, not because I was trying to pull him back into Jesus, but because I just wanted to sting him. You know why? We can get adult teachers and we can't get children teachers. Because a lot of times we teach for the praise and the approval, not for the direction of the truth. So our purpose in bringing truth into anybody's life is not to show our superiority, not to show our depth of knowledge, but to take that person and make sure that we help them keep toward Jesus Christ. Now look at what he says, finishes up. Verse 16, out of whom, that is out of Christ, all the body is joined together, knitted together through every ligament of support that you and me, according to the working in measure of each one part, making the increase of the body, resulting in an edification, a building up of itself in love. Now he's wordy there. 
But his point is that each one of us has a measured part in bringing truth into this caravan. Every one of us. Why is it measured? It's measured on two things. How much you know about Scripture and the people that God has put in your life. Here's the thing. There's no way. My second church, we ran 100 in worship. I know everybody. I knew their husbands, knew their wives, knew their kids. But I did not know, even with those 100 that I saw every Sunday, I did not know everything going on in someone's life. Now listen, we have a sovereign God. He has put people in your life He's put you, let me back up. He's put you in this space in the caravan so you know these people. The measure is that you know a limited amount of people and you have a limited amount of truth. But he's put you sovereignly here so the truth you do know can impact these people you know. The reason our churches struggle is because we in the caravan look to the pastor for every bit of truth when in fact you are responsible for each other's health inside this building. And I'm telling you, when you obey the scripture, even when it looks like a failure, there are times when out of that obedience, things will come you did not expect. My first church very small, 25 in worship, had a girl in the, in the area, high school girl, in a home with a mother that was considered pretty immoral by everybody, and particularly my church. Well, her daughter stole a car. This is like 40 years ago. Stole a car, got caught. She's before the judge. Now, 40 years ago in East Texas, a judge could do this. But he looked at her and he said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to give you two options. You go to jail for a few nights or you can go to church. What do you want to do? She said, well, I'll take church. (laughs) He said, where are you going? I'll go to the church on the hill, which was my church. So she came to church. I preached and knowing the greatness of my preaching, I'm sure it would impact her. (laughs) So she stole another car the next week. And I'd sat down with her and tried to kind of walk her through, but her mother. So we lost her, but her mother grabbed one of our Sunday school quarterlies at church. And one Saturday night, she started at 6 o'clock and read the quarterly all the way through. Next Sunday morning, walked forward in the church, deep tears in her eyes. Now, fortunately, she was so emotionally gripped she didn't hear right here on the second pew my chairman of deacon's wife whisper loud enough for virtually everybody to hear I can't believe we're letting that riffraff in here she didn't hear that but what she did hear was one of my best men Adolph Hodges grab her and hug her and tell her he was glad she was there And until we left, even after we left, she stood strong for Christ. 
Now listen. You have a great pastor. Oh, it's hard for me to say that. You have a... <laughs> you have a great pastor. He can't fix everything in the caravan. You are responsible for each other's life. So let's make sure we bring truth, we live it, we speak it, we do it in love, and we protect each other from the grasp and the hatred of the enemy. Because I'm tired of watching him win. And a lot of times he wins because those of, that are there, those of us there don't say anything. It's time always to speak to each other to keep us moving toward Christ. Thanks for listening to the North Richland Hills Baptist Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to nrhbc.org.